Hello, and welcome to the recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the last week's reading from our reading plan. Annika and I are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org. It's a free download when you sign up for our newsletter. We know that some of you love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive from the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whatever category you fit into, just know we're excited to have you here with us today. Welcome back to the recap. This is the October 8th episode. We are in 1 Kings, Ezekiel, and Ephesians. Is that correct? And the beginning, yeah, and the very beginning of Philippians. And the very beginning of Philippians. I am actually on a writing retreat in Polsbo, Washington. So I don't have my microphone. We're I'm we're both ending up with AirPods this morning. So the <laughs> sound's gonna be a little bit different. Okay, so we started in First Kings four. And I have I don't know if I should start the recap with this or end the recap with this because it spread it through all, all our whole thing. Good. Do it. Let's talk okay. about the whole thing then. Okay. Well then it's pretty, it shouldn't take too long. And then we can maybe get back to first Kings. But so this was one of those weeks where I basically read this in two sittings. It, I, it was just busy. And so I sat down and read it in huge chunks. Um, and it was a cool week because there was something that connected from every single from first Kings to Ezekiel to then Ephesians. So first Kings this week is um, a lot of it is about Solomon building the temple. Mm-hmm. Right. So then when we go to Ezekiel, I don't, you, I don't know if you remember this from last year. I remember reading this last year in Ezekiel where um, Ezekiel in this vision goes to the temple and it's in like 40 ish is when he goes to this temple. And it's that we just read it about- this week but he measures the temple. And the end of that whole scene, if I remember correctly, we didn't read it this week, but we'll read it next week. Is that like where there's the river in the temple. And remember we talked about it last year and we were like, what is this? What temple is this? Is this like now is this eternity? Like it was, we had a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. So first Kings, we read about Solomon building the temple. Then we go to Ezekiel and in Ezekiel 37, um, right at the end, God is talking and he's talking about his cut. He says, I'll make a covenant of peace with them, with his people that will hold everything together an everlasting covenant. I'll make them secure and place my holy place of worship at the center of their lives forever. I'll live right there with them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. The nations will realize that I God make Israel holy when my holy place of worship is established at the center of their lives forever. So I read that in Ezekiel. And so I read all of first Kings, all of Ezekiel, and then all of the new Testament. I was not flipping back and forth at all this week. So I read Solomon's temple. Then I read that. And I'm thinking that whole, we've talked about this a lot, especially in relation to the prophets and how to interpret them. Like the whole already not yet idea that Mm -hmm. it's now and it's future. And I was reading that and I was thinking, this is exactly like, this is already happening. Like all of this is fulfilled in Jesus completely. Like we have an everlasting covenant in Jesus. He's made us secure. His holy place of worship is at the center of our li- of our lives, like literally within us. And as his church, we are, we are where he lives. We are his temple. So I'm reading that. But then of course, like we know that in eternity, when, when Jesus is King, it's going to be fulfilled. Like it's going to be like that 
one step further, like you know, present as our king. yes, He's already yes, our it's, king. yes, yes. So we'll experience it in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading that in Ezekiel and I'm like, man, that's so cool. So then we go to Ezekiel 40, I think is where it starts, where he measures the temple. And I started, I remembered it from last year. And I was like, I wonder, I'm just curious. Like, so I Googled, oh, no, no, no. Back, back up. I start reading that and I'm like, wait, is this Solomon's temple? Like, what are we measuring? Which temple is this? So that was my first thought. So I go to Google and I just like, I'm like, I wonder what I can just find historically. Well, it's not Solomon's temple because Solomon's temple has already been destroyed at this point. And so I read this article that was kind of talking about um, different views. Apparently this Ezekiel 40 through like whatever, 44, 45, maybe is not an easy passage. Yeah. Like there are lots of different ways that you can look at this, especially based on your hermeneutic. Like if you're dispensational or if you are um, not. So I'm reading this article and one of the things, and he's kind of talking through like the different ways to interpret it. And he talks about interpreting it through the new Testament that, that, which is another thing that we've talked about so much. So we have this old Testament, we have all of this, but we we're in the new covenant. Now we have Jesus. And so that informs how we read the old Testament. Okay. So then this morning I flip over and I'm reading Ephesians and in Ephesians, let me just make sure I'm not missing anything. So Ephesians two, the very end of it, starting around verse 19, I think Paul says, you're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. So he's talking, this is talking about like Jews and Gentiles, mm-hmm. like that the Gentiles are being brought into the faith. Um, you belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all irrespective of how we got here and what he's building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see Mm -hmm. it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us fill into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. And I was just thinking, oh my goodness, this is okay. Disclaimer. I, this is like me. I don't, I don't know what Ezekiel 40 is talking about. (laughs) Exactly. I'm just, I'm just saying like hopping from one place to the next in scripture and seeing how it all ties together. And then looking at like, now I feel like I can look at those passages in Ezekiel and be like, you know what? I haven't studied enough to put my finger on what this is talking about. And maybe even if I do study it, I'll never be able to put my finger on exactly, Mm. exactly because there are a lot of intricacies that are pointed out and measured in that vision that we're not quite sure of, but I can be sure that what God tells his people in Ezekiel is happening now, like that he has fulfilled that in Jesus and that Mm -hmm. it's all playing out. Like we can see all of that play out now and look forward to the way it's going to play out even further in eternity. Like, oh my gosh, you guys, I wish like when we talk about Joseph and we talk about, so we're studying Genesis in the collective and Joseph's Joseph is what we're studying currently. And when we talk, when we do our study on Joseph today, when we record that podcast, oh my gosh, the way that's going to fit together, the, Ooh, because be Joseph, because Joseph says to, um, Joseph says to his brothers, he says, God has put me here for a great deliverance. 
And Joseph is talking about that great deliverance that he is giving them by having prepared all of the grain and stored it up and having mm-hmm. so that he can serve, keep a remnant for, um, he can keep a remnant of Israel. That's literally what Joseph says. But being where we are now, from our perspective, we can see that the great deliverance mm-hmm. was five more years that they were going to live. It was the great deliverance that was going to happen when he brought them out of Egypt. No, 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 no. It wasn't that. And also, right, right, right. It just keeps building. That was the great deliverance. And it was like, no, but that's not the great deliverance. The great deliverance is what we are still waiting for as we're here now in the kingdom in preparation for his kingdom come on earth when his temple will actually be here um, and we will worship him as king. It's like nesting dolls. Like it's like, it's like yes. and you pull it out and it's like, oh, this, oh, and then you open up another one and like, it's bigger, it's bigger. It's just gets bigger and bigger. Yes. And bigger. It makes me think of, uh, I think it's at the very end of Narnia, C.S. Lewis, when <clears throat> it, uh, this was a po- this goes back to a podcast I listened to when I was still living in Gitmo, but I think it's the scene at the end of, end of Narnia when they are when they get to Narnia and they and he says, come further up, come further in. And that whole idea of the fat, like you, the, the illustration that was in that podcast was that we're looking, it's like we're in a room and we're looking out through a window and we can see things, but the closer we get to it, the more detail there is like, it's already there. Mm-hmm. We just can't see it yet because mm-hmm. we're not, we're far, we're looking through a window. We're far away. We can't see all the detail yet. Um, yeah, nesting dolls is a good illustration too. I like that. That's really cool. That's really cool. There's something else you said too that I was like, oh my gosh, that also relates to Joseph. Oh, I think what you were talking about, the way that you were picture talking about um, the temple and each of us being a stone um, and Jesus being the cornerstone makes mm-hmm. me think of, like when we see in Joseph this week, one of the things that we're going to talk about is how um, God goes from being the God of Abraham to the God of Isaac to the God of Jacob. And this is the chapter where he becomes the God of community. Like where he's going to be, he becomes, they become the children of Israel. It, in this passage is where we see them called the children That's of Israel. Cool. And now it's like, now we talk about a lot in America about how you have a personal relationship with Jesus. But even what Paul is saying there in Ephesians, what you're talking about is that like, that was never, that was never what it was intended to be. We were always supposed to have, we were supposed to be a community of people in relationship with Jesus all together. And one of the things that Joseph says to his brothers when he sends them and he's a, he is 100% in chapter 45, the representation of Christ in every word that he speaks it is the word of Jesus. And one of the things that he says to them when he sends them back to get the rest of the people to bring them to Egypt, he says, don't argue along the way. I love so much. It. Sounds like Paul and Ephesians that we read this week. Yes. And yes. It sounds like Jesus when he comes off the mountain. Yes. Like, what are you yes. arguing about? Like, he's yes. like, don't argue along the way. Like keep focused on what your mission is and what I have done. Like, remember who you are and what, and, and what your job is, which is simply to be messengers of of what of what's happening here so that they can come be a mm-hmm. part of it like oh it all really cool. it's so yep. cool i'm not sure i'm trying to think if i have anything okay one go back to first kings from first kings that um is actually i think from last week but it relates again to what you were saying 
and I, I didn't bring it up last week, but something that kind of stood off, jumped off the page at me, check this out. In chapter one, verses 38 through 40, then Zap, the, this is where um, David, the non-confrontational David sends same, or it sends Solomon to go get anointed and take his kingdom, basically. And okay. Zadok, the priest Zadok, the prophet Nathan, Benaiah, son of Je- Jehoiada, uh, Jehoiada, whatever. Anyway, they all go, they went down, had Solomon ride on King David's mule. Who does that make you think of? Jesus. And took him to Gihon. The priest Zadok took the horn of oil from the na- tabernacle and anointed Solomon. Then they blew the ram's horn. What does that make you think of? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and all the people proclaimed, long live King Solomon. All the people went up after him playing flutes and rejoicing with such a great joy that the earth split open from the sound. When did the earth split open? When Jesus died. When Jesus died on the cross. And what did Jesus say? He said, if my people don't cry out, the rocks will cry yeah. out. And it makes me think of how like the people didn't cry out in the anointing of Jesus as king. Because when Jesus dies on the cross, he goes and he takes his place at the right hand of the father. He's king. He beca- he is, he's king reigning. That's his kingdom now has come. That's why he's Which been actually, all along. I mean, if we want to get super technical, that happens at the resurrection, right? I think the resurrection is when that's all fulfilled. Yeah, it's like the culmination. That's when we see it. Like the he's he's alive like that but yeah but Jesus is king Jesus is one with God and as soon as he dies he's in the presence of the father seated at his right hand so like we I think that yeah okay so you can (laughs) keep going I'm sorry I'm totally derailing you I mean because there's questions about whether he goes down to the underworld right and he releases all the prisoners right Right. I mean well I mean I think either way he's got the the kingdom Right. He does. Either way, whether, <laughs> yes, whether it happens whenever in those three days, it doesn't really matter at this, I just for this conversation. That, yeah. Like, I just picture that like the people crying out so loudly that the earth splits open or that the earth shakes, like mm-hmm. makes me think of like the people were not crying out when Jesus, the people were not praising the moment that Jesus gives it all and finishes the work and the God's glory and fills the, the world. Splits. Yeah. You know, the earth splits open. It makes me think like the rocks crying out like that. Yeah. Now faith has come, which is what it says in Galatians. That's what we read in Galatians. Like now that faith has come, like the rocks. I mean, there's a whole conversation that I was having with people at church about like rocks and their representation of faith that they mm-hmm. are. But like, just mm-hmm. when Paul says in Galatians, now he, I had these questions and we were talking last week and I kind of resolved it with that line where he says, but right, now right, that right. faith has come. Yes. Yep. This is, this is what it is now. It's all wrapped up in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And that idea that like when he finished faith came, the rock split open because faith was released the way that water was released when the rock was hit. I mean, just like the metaphor is on top of the metaphor. Yeah. There's a lot of, a whole, yes, a whole lot of picture connections for sure. But Jesus is King. Like that's, he is King. When he said the kingdom is at hand, like he means like now the King. Yeah. Here. And not yet here. And more. Yes. Yes. And there's still more to come. Which is like another example of just the depth of, I mean, you wrote it in the, the article that you wrote, 
for that went out this week in our newsletter, that idea that just knowing one part of God, we don't know God. If only we know one part, like this whole already, not yet. There's just, we can never get to the bottom of it. Like ever, Mm -hmm. ever, ever. We'll never wrap our heads around God's character, what Jesus accomplished, the already, not yet. Like, it's just, there is no, like that come further up, come further in idea is for infinity and beyond. <laughs> like, yeah, you just keep going. This, uh, this week was really enjoyable for some reason. So in first Kings, this is still all like the three, this still ties all three of our passages together this week. But with, Tom, with Solomon building the temple, there's before he starts, there's like, there's talk about how God's going to move in and live with his people. Um, and then in chapter eight of first Kings, after the temple is done and it's been dedicated and God's presence has filled it, Solomon worships and he basically prays before all the people of Israel. And there were so many things that stood out to me in that prayer, but mostly along the lines of, well, he says at one point, can it be that God will actually move into our neighborhood? Um, the cosmos itself isn't large enough to give you breathing room, let alone this temple I've built. And so thinking about that in relation to Mm. um, Ephesians again, and the idea that, well, what we read this week in Ephesians, but I mean, we know that as God's people, as God's children, we are the temple of the Holy spirit, but then also just reading Solomon's words in his prayer and then going to Ezekiel and just seeing the covenant that God made with his people and recognizing how much it had been broken. Like it was like, we've talked mm. about God's God is just in how he responds to Israel because they broke the covenant. And, and Solomon literally says that he says he's asking, well, he's asking them when, when they disobey, listen, when they, when they pray, listen from your home in heaven, um, start over. So in verse 35, when the skies shrivel up and there's no rain because your people have sinned and they pray, acknowledging your rule and quitting their sins, listen from your home in heaven and then start over with them and train them to live right and well, forgive us and go to work on us. And then, and then later on, maybe around verse 47 or something, Solomon says, when they sin against you and they certainly will, Mm -hmm. there's no one without sin and you and anger respond. Like there's just this, um, constant acknowledgement by Solomon that acknowledgement of the covenant covenant that they made with God. Like this is that you want us to live this way. We now have built this temple. We want your presence with us, but when it goes badly and we know that it will listen to us when we cry out. And so then reading that in alongside Ezekiel, which is exactly what's happening, but even like literally what one chapter later, or no, two chapters later is chapter 11 when Solomon tanks, like Solomon goes downhill <laughs> and walks away from the Lord. And so like, you're, you're reading it from this perspective and you're like, ah, Solomon, like you have, you have ever, I mean, you have everything except mm-hmm. for the spirit indwelling you. Like that is a different, <laughs> yeah. like you have all of the wisdom and like you have God walking like right there beside you and but he says when we sin and we know that we will. So that was just interesting to read that from Solomon alongside what we're reading in Ezekiel. And then in Ezekiel, when we read that God's like, but I'm going to show mercy, like I'm going to show mercy. I'm going to show mercy. I mean, ultimately based on what you're saying, like what is the difference between Solomon and us having the spirit indwell us? Right. 
Not much. Yeah. Good point. Like, there's not, I, that's the, the, I mean, that's the, I, like what, but what he's talking <laughs> about, like everything that he says about the temple, like that is us. So it's because when he says like your name will, what does he say? Your name will dwell there. Yeah. Or the place where you said my name will be there. Like, mm -hmm. and then even in Jeremiah and Ezekiel multiply multiple times, they say like, you I, I am basically emblazoned with your name. Like your name, I'm called mm -hmm. by your name. Like they know mm -hmm. because the spirit of the Lord is on them. They're called by his name. There's that's what, and what, and when Paul says that the foundations are, the disciples and the prophets like the he's talking, yes. like, these are these are the foundations of the temple so when the when the prophets say my name your name dwells on me well, that's what they're it's the spirit where the spirit of the lord is his name dwells and just thinking about like that is the difference it's not that we're not going to sin anymore right it's that somehow his name dwells on us and despite all of our sin mm -hmm. his glory is still made known through us Yes, there's an not because of anything that. that we've ever done and not because yep. that we're going to somehow perform better than Solomon did. Right. But his spirit dwells on us. And so, and, and then like, that makes me think I'm still like, I feel like I'm just at the beginning of God being like breaking my brain about this whole community faith thing. Like, I feel like God's expanding my, like my thoughts on the way I've understood it is so personal. And he's like, it's not like, just like, it's Which not it is. personal. It is personal. We do have a personal relationship with Jesus. I mean, it is our own individual faith. That is what puts the spirit, allows the spirit to dwell in us. Right. But I think that the glory of the Lord is mm -hmm. revealed in the temple, which is each one of us being a stone. Like, do you know what I mean? Like the glory of the 12th Lord does dwell in us individually, but that's like not yes. even close it's to the like scratching the surface yes i get what you're saying yeah of of me living in faith with the spirit in me and you living in faith with the spirit in you and all of our brothers and sisters around the globe living in faith like the temple is i just feel like i'm not like i'm not even my brain isn't even prepared to grasp this new idea of community faith yeah yeah I think it's so much bigger than I've ever even like considered it before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I've known it. It's not like I didn't know that our, but the idea of the glory of God being revealed through all of us as stones of the temple is. The potential the is pretty magnificent. Pressure. Well, yeah, yes, there's that too. Right? Like, it's more like, oh, well, I have no control over what Annika is doing with her faith. But somehow I can know that somehow between Annika's faith and my faith and the billions of other people's faith, God can make, God's making his God's glory. glory is being revealed. Yeah. 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 Because it was never supposed to be pressure. Like, we were never supposed to feel that pressure. That it's right. Like, uh, it's supposed to be freedom. To reveal God's yeah. Glory. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I totally wrote something. I'll, we'll get to it. I don't remember where it is. So to go back just for two seconds to where you're talking about like the difference between Solomon having that relationship with God and his presence being in the temple and now us mm -hmm. with the spirit. I, one of the things that I think of as a difference is that like, I mean, there are two different covenants. Like we've, that was a covenant, the covenant of works. Like God is like, if you do this, then I'll do this. And he did, his presence was removed from the temple when his people weren't 
walking with him. And yet when we have the spirit, God is never going to remove his spirit from us. So like, even we look at Saul, like Saul started out with God's spirit on him. And then he ended up without God's spirit on him. That doesn't, I don't think that happens anymore. I think God is like, I am dwelling with my people because I'm dwelling in my people. And that isn't going away. Like, and then, and that's the first step. And then God will physically dwell. Like we'll see him dwell with his people when he's. Again, this is like brain breaking thinking, but just the idea, if you look at Galatians and the idea of Solomon, Solomon's really part of like the guardianship era era where the law Paul, Paul, yeah Paul is talking about like how they were enslaved they were no different than slaves they were both like guardian they were they were um what do you call it when you're you have a guardian over you rather than a parent right but like that just that idea that they had the promise like they were still children like they were children of the promise and their faith in the promise that God had given to Abraham was the thing that they were supposed to be kind of holding on to and looking toward. So it was still faith even for them in who God mm-hmm. was that he was going to do what he said he was going to do. But that law was supposed to be like a guardian in the meantime to what he was actually going to do through his spirit, which is adopt us as sons. So that's the really the difference is the spirit being in us is what makes us. Yeah, the spirit is our God. guardian now. Well, right. Like the, the spirit, spirit is the us. seal that makes us the, the seal. It's yes. The seal of adoption. Yes. So we're no longer gar- under a guardian. We're now right directly sons of God. This is where, like, we yeah. talked before about like the like I I border on heresy with that whole like when God put the same spirit in us that He put in Jesus, He made us <laughs> sort of out of the same DNA. You know what I mean? Like He's like like just like God was His Father through the Holy spirit, that spirit dwelling in us gives us the same, like we're kind of like we're our DNA kind we're of changes. heirs and sons. And yeah, yeah, yeah. that is very borderline. Cause you could take <laughs> that too. You can't, I mean, like it's yeah. one of those things that like, we're you can't perfect. take it as far Jesus as you could go. Right. Like yeah. I am not Jesus and you are not Jesus. And yet we have his spirit living in us. And that is a big, big deal. Yeah. It gives yeah. us this, this, like God literally put his spirit in us. That's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. Crazy. That's the recap. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the recap. If you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading, you might be interested in joining our in-depth Bible studies where we model our version of inductive Bible study. You can find out more at divecollective.org and we will see you next week.